Welcome, Traveler, to Lofar Tales, Episode 4. These are short horror stories set in the world of Hallowtide. Content may not be appropriate for all audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Tonight we return to the unfortunate town of Galhom. No soul in that cursed place escaped unscathed by the touch of marrow. And the Rohrbach family, despite all their power, were no different. They called Benedict an ogre, but even monsters have their regrets. Tonight's story was written by Christopher Bunky and performed by Frank Horror. The apothecary inhaled the fumes from the basin, feeling the sweet, acrid smoke curl up through his sinus cavities. It eased the sharp feeling from missing sleep and dulled the constant pain in his twisted back. It was his own concoction. He enjoyed the narcotic effect of shiver, but abhorred the loss of reason that reduced intelligent men to drooling idiots. A modified form allowed him to enjoy the pain relief without the hallucinations or loss of focus. Markov didn't have the time to sleep and could not afford the distraction of agony. It was family dogma that pain only grew stronger if you fed it. Still with the smoke. Benedict's voice came out as a bark, even when he was trying to be quiet, and all of Markov's muscles seized up as one. Yes, but I'm finished now. How might I be of service? The apothecary placed a lid over the brazier and turned to face his nephew, his tight muscles temporarily paralyzed his back and forced him to hold onto the table as he moved. Benedict's presence filled up half the room, as he always did, a boulder barely covered by stretching skin and distended veins. But something was wrong. The ogre's eyes were red from recent tears, and his massive hand trembled as it struggled to maintain his grip on the pig mallet that had become a symbol of his authority within Galholm. One look told Markov what had happened, but words completely failed him. He had seen the big man like this once before, and he knew from experience how deep and how dangerous Benedict's sadness could be. Without even meaning to, Markov's hand drifted towards the small knife he used to chop herbs, like the tiny length of iron could find anything worth stabbing into before his nephew could take him apart with his bare hands. My son is dead. Benedict looked to his side and blinked several times in rapid succession. I am sorry. You know what I found when I searched his room. Benedict fixed his gaze on him, and Markov knew there was a part of his nephew that wanted him to go for the knife. The man had yet to make up his mind what to do, but if the apothecary reached for the knife, his actions would become painfully simple. It was to help him sleep. No. The ogre steadied his grip on the hammer and lifted it to point directly at Markov. I told you the last time I didn't want any more of your medicine. I didn't want you anywhere near my family. Markov abandoned the knife where it lay and held up his hands wide. I am your family. Remar came to me after he started having the dreams. I had heard the same things from my other patients. The tincture had helped before and I thought it could... You knew what I would do. Benedict's voice dropped from a roar to a grinding sound in the back of his throat. I know you remember what happened every time your back hurts. Your medicine did not work last time and it cost me everything. Now for all I know, your poison is what cost my boy his mind. For a moment, Markov forgot his fear and his eyes refocused on the man before him. 
He saw blood caked on his thick working clothes, long fingernail scratches up his arm, and if he wasn't mistaken, a partially concealed bite on his shoulder. You had to put him down. Markov breathed, not daring to speak the truth any louder. Like a fucking dog. I had to do my boy like a dog that gone rabid. Benedict roared again and went to lift the hammer high, only for it to fall from his fingers, his whole body threatening to shake apart. The elder Rohrbach reached out one hand and placed it on his nephew's shoulder. <sighs> it is the Pylander's plague. It twists the body, but is far worse upon the mind. I swear I did everything I could for Remar. Please, Benedict. I know you don't want to lose two family members in the same day. Benedict's mighty frame caved in upon itself and he collapsed into a carved wooden chair. Leaning forward, he buried his face in his hands. His grief was strangely quiet, and it was only through the shaking of his shoulders that Markov knew he was weeping at all. The apothecary worked silently, lest he disturb the ogre back to action, emptying the old contents of the brazier and replacing them with a different selection of herbs. This time, when he brought fire to the collection, they burned with a flickering blue flame and the smoke curled in thick, lazy snakes that dragged their bellies across his table before pouring themselves in a liquid jumble upon the floor. The effect took several moments, but soon Benedict's face reemerged, red eyes slightly clouded over. What form of medicine is this? I can't go drifting off now. Just something to take the edge off, nephew. Life can be very sharp at times, and sometimes it just needs to be dulled a little. Maybe I was wrong to treat you like a doctor and expect you to heal anyone. Benedict fixed him with a hard stare, even as the smoke blunted the edges of his grief and anger. You're just a dealer who makes people forget they hurt until they run out. Markov shrugged and turned his back to make sure that the fire didn't burn out and the proportions were still correct. We all have our gifts. Several more minutes passed, each man inhaling and feeling their chests lighten and thoughts swim freely, disconnected from emotion. It was too expensive for Markov to market to most of his clientele, but he always saved enough for personal use. I'm sure you've heard the story of the Bardwolf. Benedict's voice carried oddly in the thickened atmosphere. When Markov turned back, the ogre gestured at his belt buckle, bearing the likeness of the thick-bodied creature that looked halfway between a bear and a badger, preserved in tarnished bronze. Yes, although my sister did not like to speak of it much. Yeah, Mum did not want to speak of me much either after what happened. Benedict wiped his nose with the back of his hand and eased back into his chair. I was out with Oliver. I do not think this is the time to talk about such things. Just relax and inhale. No, damn it. Benedict slapped a stack of small boxes, scattering their fragile contents in an avalanche. This is exactly the time to tell this story. Now you just have a seat yourself and listen or I will make you sit and ruin your knees as well. Without further comment, the apothecary pulled over a chair opposite and sank down. The knife had found its way up his long sleeve, but it was slim comfort. Now with his reflexes dulled by the smoke, he doubted he could even get his fingers around it before Benedict could break his neck. The burning herbs could not change a man's nature after all, and his nephew was a killer through and through. I was out with Oliver. You remember Oliver, don't you? Had the blonde hair and the blue eyes and looked more like a girl than a boy. Markov waited until it was clear that the big man actually wanted him to answer the question. 
I remember your brother. It was clear from anyone with eyes that we couldn't have had the same dad. There was no way that fair-haired bird boy and I came from the same stock. But no matter how much the kids teased him, I loved my little brother. Most of the fights I had started with one of them mouthing off about Oliver until I broke their nose. Mom would always tell me off for scuffing, but I felt proud, like I was defending the family name or something. When you're built for nothing but fighting, it's hard to find good uses for yourself. Benedict paused for a moment and took several deep lungfuls before continuing. The herbs needed to be turned, and the smoke had taken a bitter aftertaste, but Markov did not dare rise and risk breaking the fragile spell. I don't think Mom really liked having me around even then, so I would wander a lot by myself. One of these walks in the spring, I found a den full of barred wolves, full of little pups that barely had their eyes open. They were completely helpless, just bumbling into each other and squeaking. It was hard to believe that something that small could grow up into something mean. I didn't have to hurt them. They weren't any danger to me, but I could hurt them. I was big and they were small, and by the time I was done, I had bashed all their heads in. Nature is cruel. Yeah, my nature is cruel. Not something Oliver would have done. Probably would have come running back and fetched them a saucer of milk or something. A strange smile flitted across Benedict's face before dying at the corner of his mouth. But those pups weren't lucky, and they got the wrong brother. I didn't know then that an adult barred wolf has a nose like a bloodhound, and I left plenty of my stink over everything. It was only a matter of time before the mother found what I had done. Can you imagine that? Markov blinked several times as the smoke threatened to draw him down through the chair entirely. What do you mean? You're just out hunting to feed your pups. No man in the picture to give you any help, and you come back and see every one of the little ones dead. Weren't even eaten, just killed for the sake of killing. Your family gone because something bigger came along. Didn't think about it then, but I think about it a lot now. A hundred things could have killed them out there. No. Benedict shook his head from side to side. Most things that share a patch with the barred wolf know better. The mom did not waste any time following her nose and tracking me back to the farm. But I guess barred wolves are just not lucky. Because she got the wrong brother, too. And I got to learn what it feels like to come back and see your kin, bloody and dead on the ground for no good reason. They sat there for several minutes as the smoke turned black and then faded entirely as the herbs burned down to nothing. Benedict seemed content to leave it at that, his eyes boring holes through the floor before him as he threatened to fall forward any minute, but something had been needling at Markov for years, and his curiosity betrayed his sense. Why did you take your brother's killer as your crest? Benedict snapped his eyes up to look at Markov as if the answer was obvious. It was the important lesson I learned. My brother died because I made a sport of bloodshed. I used power because I had it, not because I needed to. I don't know your herbs, your medicines. Hells, I can barely read without getting a headache. But I know how to use blood and fear. If you use them right, you can get just about anything you want. Yet that bard wolf taught me that every time you raise your fists, you need to have a reason or you'll pay the price in chaos. Nodding his head slowly, sorting the new information into place, Markov rose to his feet and began tidying up his workspace. I do have one question for you. Benedict stated, clumsy fingers working with the small buttons of his shirt. 
Yes. Am I cursed so that my kin always pays the price for my mistakes? Benedict pulled down the corner of his shirt to reveal the wicked black mark of the Pyrelander's plague. And if that's true, why couldn't the spirits take it out of your worthless hide instead of my little boy? I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Low Fire Tales. If you liked Frank Horror's performance, I highly recommend you check out his other creepy projects available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We still have yet to include Season 1, but I hope this whets your appetite in preparation to return to Corvast. As always, I've been your firekeeper, Chris Bunky. Should you wish to support the cause, please check us out on Patreon where we'll be offering horror content adapted for both Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder. May we share a fire again soon.